I think the best thing about uh, the podcast is that we're not talking about what is dumb. We're talking about what is great. So that's good. <laughs> it's like uh, God is great. So we'll talk about him. Don't fight what you hate, Colin. Save what you love. Oh, please. Let's not get on this subject. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the Rose Tico theology. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. You guys ready to start? I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome, welcome to, to the, the Houseplants, Houseplants Podcast. Podcast. We're here to talk about music, media, and the messengers. And so, um, guys. <laughs> just going to rush through that, huh? Hey, the last, like, four times, we've taken our sweet time with it. And I feel like I'm just making up for all those... You know, we do have a lot to get through this time, so <laughs> actually no. might be smart. I will say, I will say it. mission of Jesus slowly because that one, at least I shouldn't shortchange, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so we are excited again, get back into the series. Zach, what did we, where, where have we gone so far? Oh man, we have been on quite the trek, haven't we? I'm going to count it. We talked about the sons of God. One. We talked about the Nephilim. Two. We talked about the angles. Three. We talked about the diamonions. Four. And so this is five, right? Did we have any others? Five. Ultimate com 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 combo bo bo. <laughs> so um, we have we have continued this series, uh, and it's it's been a lot of fun. Sure. Bob made a good statement to us because his argument about making us making Satan its own episode and not just having it be part of the demons thing is that Satan himself has a different aspect. The Satan. And he does. Yeah. Satan himself has a different aspect. It kind of makes you wonder if we should just do a what is the aspect of Jesus? But that would be like crazy. <laughs> like, I mean, so maybe one day. <laughs> Bless Trinity, you. Trinity series, maybe? Yes. Ooh, the three different things and yes. what they are. Describe uh, describe God and use four examples. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Uh, so, Bob, what's what's on the agenda before we get into worship? Well, we'll be talking today about uh, about the the great adversary, uh, Satan, and uh, and what that looks like from a scriptural perspective. I'm excited. Uh, mm-hmm. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So, um. Before we get into any of that, uh, we are going to do another worship song. And um, because we are kind of learning this one for the first time, I decided we shouldn't do anything too fancy with it. Um, so we're going to play this one kind of straight. This is a hymn called Victory Through Grace or Conquering Now and Still to Conquer. Now, what's interesting is it's actually not on the CCLI website. Uh, so we kind of uh, had to just get the lyrics from like a hymnary and stuff. But this is written by Frances Crosby, who also wrote a few famous hymns you can look up. She also wrote uh, The Old Rugged Cross. Uh, she wrote um, one or two other famous ones I can't think of right off the top of my head. But um, she is one of those like big To God player. be the glory. To God be the glory. Um, oh, blessed, really? Blessed Assurance, I think. Maybe. Is this the same person who wrote all those? Wow. So what I can tell you is that she's a big hitter. And this one is kind of one of those like lost hymns, but I thought the lyrics were very pertinent and very good. So I thought we should go ahead and do it. There we go. So without further ado, let's do it. Conquering now and still to come. Rideth the King in His might, leading the host of all of the faithful into the midst of the fight. See the 
Daddy, we thank you for this chance to come uh, as your people. Um, we praise you that you have won the battle, that the victory is yours. And as we enter this time, uh, just digging into your word, um, help us to, uh, to see clearly uh, what you would have us see. Um, help us to understand the things that are difficult, the things that are not so clear. We praise you for how you continue to guide us closer and closer to you every single day. Throughout this series, how you continue to open our eyes and encouraging us to dig deeper into your word. Uh, we ask you to bless each and every single one of our listeners out there as well. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Yeah, buddy. <sighs> so, okay. Absolutely gorgeous there, guys. I did my best. The uh, the lyrics at times are a little wonky, but I felt like I did okay. Um, for our first attempt at this song, it's pretty good. The uh, thing about Frances Crosby is that she was actually called Fanny Jane Crosby. Okay. And I love the fact that she was called Fanny Jane Crosby. So that Crosby. is the same person. Yeah, Fanny. It's good. And uh, every picture I looked up <laughs> of her, she was wearing dark glasses, so you couldn't see her eyes. Was she? I think she was blind, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes more oh, sense. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, somebody... Um, Somebody did the song to God be the glory and said, like, now, this is by a little old blind lady named Fanny. <laughs> oh my uh, so, yeah. Um, so we're going to be talking about Satan. And Bob, you've been kind of the uh, 
lead us in every time. But now He's this our is our Satanologist. This, I mean, Bob, oh, I'm you, not sure, sure about that title. Bob, you love and study and just adore Satan. So, oh my goodness, let's just hear from the 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 biggest fan out there. Oh my goodness, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Okay, so where are we? Where are we leading into? Uh, we were just got done talking about demons, so maybe the best next step is the the potential uh, leader. Sure, if, sure. Well, if, well, if we could make such an assumption. Yeah, I mean, that is often how he's portrayed at the very least, um, that he kind of leads uh, that, that that forces. And I think we could, some of the verses we talked about last time kind of showed that to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we are we are digging into um, into the topic more of Satan, of who he is and what role he plays and things of that nature, what the scripture has to say about this. And what I find to be um, interesting is, is that as I studied this, um, specifically the Old Testament has surprisingly little to say about Satan himself. And what, what I mean by that is that is that the term that is often used there, um, as uh, that comes through Hebrew as uh, Ha Satan, um, or the Satan. Ha Satan. Yeah, Ha Satan. Yeah, the, or yeah. the Satan um, occurs only about seven, about uh, seven, sixteen times. Uh, two of those occurrences are in Zechariah, and fourteen of them are in Job, and that literally means the accuser. Uh, yeah. the, the, yeah, accuser. the accuser. Yes, he's kind of like uh, like the figure in the Old Testament is kind of like the the person who like the uh, um, what is the term I'm thinking of? Like the attorney, the district attorney, yes. oh, the, the yeah. prosecutor, the prosecutor attorney. Yes. Yeah. And so there is other one other occurrence that occurs in Zechariah uh, chapter three one. Uh, it's Wehasatan. Um, there's there's an extra article that kind of like it's that I, I don't know enough about scribe. I think it's, that's it's just uh, that's a that's a conjunction. So yeah. it just means like and or it's like a comma that's like oh the next thing. Gotcha. Right? So, and and so, yeah. so so that is used one time and that is there in Zechariah chapter three as well. And so that is not to say that we don't in our English translations we don't have other references to Satan. But when you look at them, it literally just refers to um, an accuser or the or, or a accuser in those situations. Yeah, right. The the, the, the chance it's kind of like a job description. Yeah, more so yeah. than anything else. It's it's not really even referencing even anything necessarily demonic. Maybe contextually, you could argue that those are in fact true statements. But the idea of the accuser, Hasatan, so to speak, is only found in like I said in those four in those uh, fourteen fifteen. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, the 16 to 17 uh, passages, uh, verses. I think it's very interesting how he is depicted in Job as well, because he is not, like, people like to contort that scripture and assume that Satan almost has, like, equal footing with God and makes some kind of deal with him for Job. Right. But but more to the point, Satan is actually given permission Yes. Yes. And that's something we should really get into in this episode because I feel like the fallacy is that J- that Satan somehow doesn't uh, have to listen to what God says somehow. Like yeah. if that's possible, <laughs> you know. Like <laughs> the thing is, mm-hmm. the thing is, free will is interesting, and we haven't really touched. We didn't touch on it much on on the demons one because we'd already kind of covered it in Sons of God and other sure. things. But sure. free will plays a very important role in what Satan and demons are. And yeah, the fact that's true. the fact that in in media they haven't really touched on like 
a lot of like the movie dogma is a good example, but mm-hmm. this idea that like people receive salvation and have free will angels have to follow the rules or whatever. But the truth is they don't because a lot yeah. of them rebelled and are now yeah. demons. But the fact that they have free will is something that God allows. Sure. That's exactly you know? right. Yeah. So yeah. that's the point that I think that yeah. needs to be contended with. Yes. Uh, but before we dig into those attributes, I did want to point out that in, in the new Testament, we get a lot more different names for Satan. Yeah. So in first Peter, boob. At first, Peter, we have uh, uh, five eight. Uh, he mentions your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. So, the Satan, the adversary, the devil, um, and so there's uh, uh, so th- th- there's tons of different names. Isn't like this it interesting that, that it that it uses lion there as the metaphor, where mm-hmm. also they use lion for, for Jesus, Jesus, the yes, lion of the lamb, lamb the yes, lion the, of the tribe of Judah, yeah, the lion of Judah yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah. and He's, so yeah. Living on the inside, roaring like a lion. <laughs> yes, according, according, to, according to the newsboys, absolutely. Good thing he's not prowling like a lion, because that's what the devil does. That's so. <laughs> very true. So we also have an... an he's first, living on the outside, prowling like a lion. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he's, he's on the outside. He's not inside that's yet. Yes. Satan does. Yes. So, okay, so, so you have adversary. Yep, and uh, and the devil. Um, it's uh, We also have in First John 3, 8, we see several different ones where he's mm. practicing sin, um, and he has been sinning from the beginning, and Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. Once again, this title of the devil seems to be applied once again to him. Um, and in Revelations 12, 9, which we talked about previously, and we'll be talking about more again, we, we, we see this description of the great dragon, this ancient serpent, deceiver of the world. Um, and so, so yeah, so, so we have a lot of different names in the New Testament where we ha- hardly even have a mi- where he is barely even mentioned as the adversary and nothing else really from an Old Testament perspective. And so I found that that distinction to be quite different. And so I'm not sure what changed in the theology um, and between between the old, the, uh, the Old Testament and and then the 400 years leading up into the New Testament. But yeah, it's interesting. Isn't but it? but we definitely I have, a, have a change. We definitely have a change. In the way that is perceived, I have a theory to like put out there at some point in this episode, but I'm gonna wait. Okay. It's definitely based on all the things we have already discussed in the episodes yeah. leading up till yeah. now, but I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna talk to you guys about it after we get a chance to see what happens with the yeah. descriptions of Satan. But you're right if you if you read just read the Gospels and compare to kind of what you've seen in the Old Testament mm-hmm. of the Satan. And you definitely seem to get more of one distinct character versus the Old Mm. Testament. It's kind of like it's because there's other things that we think of as the devil from the Old Testament that don't exclusively call themselves the devil. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking of the snake in uh, in Genesis. We'll get to that. We'll get to that as well. And and Baal. Some people believe that certain certain uh, worshipped like higher evil demons was it a demon was it the devil might have been the devil or is because he might have influence over a whole nation or is ha satan kind of a role and anybody could potentially take on the role of the the, accuser like the job insert like the like whoever it is in job um i've i've heard it argued that jonah in a way even though he's a human is a satanic character interesting because he wants to go to god and accuse the people in nineveh 
He says, they're doing yeah. like bad stuff. I don't want to go there. And he's like trying to reject what God is doing, but trying to put the blame on the Ninevites. So in a way he is a Satan because he is an adversary to them and accusing right. them of stuff. So yeah. So, which, but what yeah. I find interesting is that all the change, all, all the instances in the old Testament outside of Job and the references there in Zechariah were always refers to an accuser or a accuser, yeah. that, that type of thing. Yeah. But it's only in Job and Zechariah uh, where we see the, the accuser. Ha Satan. Yes, yeah. yes. This, 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 this title-like article being used. Because Ha is the, basically. Yeah. yeah. So Ha Satan is the Satan. Yes, the, the, yeah. Yeah, the accuser, which which often seems to reference more of like uh, the opposite of good is one of the definitions that seem to come up in a lot of the biblical texts that I was looking into the, the, the more scholarly biblical style uh, references. Yeah. And so it's the opposite of good. Not, not necessarily, they didn't even, wouldn't even go as far as to say evil necessarily, because I'm not even sure that the Jewish people had this concept of like ultimate good and ultimate evil, but as, uh, um, uh, but, but, but definitely the sense of opposite of good nonetheless. Yeah. Interesting. So, All right, Bob. So what is Satan? Well, we've got a lot of different attributes, and you already talked about one of those, and that is the idea that he answers to God. See, and, and, and I think that's right. an important point to, to start with. And in, in, in the oldest text we have uh, from, from as far as the earliest written text was Job, as we see that the accuser answers to God no matter what. Should we look it up? Should we go there? Um, we got quite a bit of different references, but you can definitely look at a few of those. Uh, yeah, okay. Job 1. Um, starting in verse six. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan, Hasatan, uh, also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, uh, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright. A man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power. But on the man himself, do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Yes, and so 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 we have this gathering, as as what Colin talked about, uh, and what we have previously mentioned in our past episodes. Um, we have this this idea of of Satan pointing out. It's like, uh, uh, well, we have this weird idea of where God even says, "Hey, have you have you considered my my, my man Job over here? You know, he's God, pretty good." God kind of starts this. <laughs> yes, it's 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 a weird passage from a, yeah. from from a deep theological perspective. It's it's one that I that uh, that that many people question, in all honesty. But it is but it's an important one nonetheless. And so, yeah, God gives Satan permission to essentially test yeah test Job, and so um, not to force Job to sin, which is an important point. Um, but that's definitely takes, you know, he gives and he takes away as Job later says, blessed be the name of the Lord. And so, um, but it's, but it's, and so Satan is given permission to go and affect right. Job. Yeah. yeah. 
that's something that's uh, not very comforting <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's very different from what we often think about, theologically speaking, about Satan and his power and, and et cetera, et cetera. And we don't know if maybe after this encounter, um, maybe post-Jesus even, that maybe Christ, that, that God may have given Satan the the power or the authority um, I, I use this term loosely, the, 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 the uh, permission, you know, the authority to uh, mess with his, his people. Yeah. We, we, we don't know. We don't know. We have no way of knowing one way or the other. But we do know that there is yeah. trouble in this world, and, and there is no doubt that Satan is, is definitely part of that equation, but yeah. not entirely that equation. God is still in control. I mean, I think about the yes. fact that... Um, Pilate is talking to Jesus and Jesus says to him, you don't have any power over me except that what God has given you, you know, yeah. God has allowed yeah. you to have this position to where you can stand and like judge me. Like, yes. Yeah. Which, which once again, I find to be quite troubling. Some of the people who God has put in power over the centuries, um, we tend to question greatly why in the world were they yeah. allowed to have power? You know, so, so, I'll just put this uh, as a mustard seed of an idea in here that we can think about. Maybe this is a theory I have. Okay, okay. The about about Satan. So sure. So there is a particular thing that we've already kind of established from other episodes about God. Well, not only God allowing, uh, people, you know, Satan to do certain things. Sure. But Jesus kind of allowed the demons to go into the pigs. Like he get, you know, he could have cast them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it last week. And it kind of makes me continually wonder about really like the role Satan has uh, with the kingdom Mm. because time and again, Satan fails, but it's always at a point that teaches us a good lesson. Mm. And I almost wonder if God allows this inquisitive like doubting mind, like upper echelon, like fallen angel to do what he does so that God can then later refute him for mm-hmm. the glory of God. And, and, and there's definitely you get what I'm trying to say by yeah. that. Well, yeah. And, and this kind of goes along with what we talked about uh, in the last step uh, last week about with, uh, you know, why did this, why was this man blind? What did he send or his parents? Right. Neither one. He, he is the way he is so that God can be glorified. We don't always recognize how God can be glorified in these trials and these, in these yeah. situations that we are put in throughout our lives. But the truth is, is that, is that if we are open to it, God can definitely use those things. I think that there's just certain figures. And I think this, I think this is true of human beings also. I think there are certain figures that just, that aren't going to change. And you see this, like um, true. I'm, I'm thinking about Exodus where God's talking about Pharaoh and how he's going to, free um the israelites from egypt and he says i'm gonna harden pharaoh's heart well is that yes. because god yes. took control of him and like took away his free will or is it because pharaoh was so far gone at that point he that, knew what, that he would just become more hardened that god knew that everything he was going to do was just going to harden pharaoh's heart and so let him be hard and use him to teach a lesson that's exactly yeah. right. Well, see, like you mentioned Job before. You yeah. said that maybe Job might have been one of the aspects of Satan. Like you said, you know, Jonah. 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 I meant Jonah. I meant Jonah, not <laughs> yeah. Job. Not Job, not Job. I meant Jonah. Even though he was a prophet, uh-huh. he acted, he was a bad Very prophet. rebellious yeah. in a yeah. lot of ways. So 
what's interesting is a lot of rebellious stories of rebellion in the scriptures are very glorifying to God in the end, the resolution of the rebellion. And so I want to hear more about Satan, Bob, but uh, I just, I want to make the connection between Job and that story with Satan. Mm -hmm. And also when, when uh, Satan meets with Jesus, because if you think about it, unless there are things that were not written in the Bible about Satan possessing someone potentially Satan appears to Jesus as Satan, as, as a figure, as 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 a figure that yeah. he could communicate, physically with. see, right, or, and and or or at least communicate with, right. Yeah. And what's interesting is that he has to be stronger. If he's not in a human body, he has to at least have the ability to one v one converse with Jesus without like super fear, like the demons do. And so you gotta wonder, like, if well, that, you know his. His soul is contained within seven horcruxes. That's true. That are hidden, you know, throughout the realm, and so he's trying to get like his oh, man. body back. But every every ye- every school year, um, you know, three students just foil his plans. Yeah, and then Jesus, then Jesus quickly uh, breaks the wand spell and then grabs Cedric Diggory and then rolls into a horcrux. <laughs> that was how the 40 days and nights in the desert ended that story i think oh so yeah i mean yeah. it might not be in your bible but okay trust me <laughs> oh my lord we are about to lose every one of our listeners okay um, we're gonna jump over to john <laughs> yeah please please so um okay oh, that so, being said <laughs> yeah satan definitely does not have a nose i have a feeling he's that he's very they depicted him very accurately um so <laughs> So, Bob, uh, one of the aspects we've already talked about is that he answers to God. So he has to know God like the demons we discussed. Sure, sure. Last yeah. episode. Yes. Um, yes. We, have to, we have to infer based on what we know that Satan, it, it, we, 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 he has been ta- referred to as an angel. Mm-hmm. The most, you know, and we'll get into that. We'll get so, into that. So that's as far as we've, we've gotten so far, I think, unless mm-hmm. I'm forgetting another scripture you mentioned. So continue. So, so we're going to jump over to, to John, and this, this is from the words of Jesus. And this is one of uh, – uh, Jesus has a collection of sick burns, and this is definitely <laughs> up there okay. as being one of them. Um, and this is in John chapter 8. Um, and so he, he, he's talking to the Pharisees, um, I believe. Uh, um, I don't think it's the Sadducees. I'm pretty sure it's the Pharisees. And he says um, – and, and so he's asking this – this comes with the question of, well, I mean uh, – uh, I mean, the talking about who who, who their father, who, who is it that you're following, so to speak, and <laughs> and they and they reply that Abraham is our father, and Jesus said to them, um, and going back to verse thirty nine, it says, if you were if you were Abraham's children, you'd be doing what Abraham did, <coughs> but now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did, and in verse forty one it says, you are indeed doing what your father uh, uh, says, you are indeed doing what your father does. He said to them, we are not illegitimate children. We have one father, God himself. And Jesus said to him, if God was your father, and this is where it starts getting really, really nasty from Jesus. Um, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and now I am here. I did not come on my own, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you do not accept my word. You are from your father, the devil. And you Ooh. and you choose to do what your father's desires. He has a mur- uh, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. 
When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts, uh, convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is from God hears from the words of God. The reason you do not hear is that you are not from God. <laughs> so already we've so already we've learned that uh, that Satan is the father of lies yes. and deception. Yes, he's uh, so once again Jesus uses that title once again the devil, um, a murderer from the beginning. There is no truth in him, and the father of lies. These are a lot of attributes in one and one uh, uh, section of scripture right here uh, for Satan. Um, and so so once again he he, he is. Uh, um, it's it's really interesting to to see that this this idea um, being formed by Jesus, and yet we don't seem to have as much of this same description from the Old Testament. Yet the people seem to understand very much what he's saying. So, returning back to my theory, as I parse it out as we go through here, yeah, my theory about why he may not be mentioned in the Old Testament has to do with the fact that I think at that time. I wonder if he was still technically like part of God's council. Mm-hmm. And the reason mm. I think that that's interesting. The reason I think that is because with the Job scenario, people automatically infer that he's just up to no good. But it, the more I reread Job, the more I get the feeling that God and in the Satan talk had specifically to do with God proving a point about Job to quench the doubt of Satan. Yeah. Like, do you get what I'm trying to say? I can see that. It almost seems as though he was like, oh, one of my counsel is saying like, your believers are just very like easily doubting if their life gets bad. Yeah. Then they'll doubt you. And God's like, that's not true. And he's like, oh, okay, well let's do an experiment and we'll see. And God's like, oh, well I'll teach you Satan that you're wrong and that you should believe that. At My, that point, Satan was still on staff. I think so. You know, I think so. Possibly. I think um, that's an interesting idea. I think some of the other stuff from Luke and from Revelation and, might speak to that as well. And, and, if, and if, yeah. if, to our listeners out there, this seems like a really, really outlandish idea. I encourage you to make sure you go back. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. No, but, but, this but, but, is but, just a wild theory. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't prove or oh, anything. Oh, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, this is not scripturally backed 100% by any way, shape, or form. It's, the, it's, it's, he, he, it's Colin, just a fun Colin, fun theory I have Yeah, in my Colin mind. clearly <laughs> says it's a theory. But if this sounds completely off the wall to you, go back and listen to our episode on the Sons of God. And, and, yeah, and that, that's a good basis. Is, that, that'll yeah. put things in context. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why that's the first one in this series. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, if uh, because we already have established that Jesus, once Jesus was on the earth, he literally had the power to just cast whoever into chains. Mm-hmm. Like, or at least that's what it says in that one passage. I think it's in uh, yeah. Second Where Peter. Where he's talking to the demons. Second Peter, like, right? Have you sent us to... Oh, well, no, no. In Second Peter, Peter, he's like, I could cast them into chains yeah. whenever I feel like it. I'm pretty sure that's what it says in Second Peter, verse four. But um, the the point that I'm making is that at this time, there is no like animosity necessarily for Satan. That at least I'm not reading a lot of yeah. animosity. Well, I I just think it, it reminds me so much of the Pharaoh situation, right? Like, Whereas, he's like oh, we know so, what Pharaoh's going to do. So the if the devil is kind of like the spiritual being and he has the doubts. And God's like, okay, I'm going to prove it to you through this. The same thing kind of happens with Pharaoh because God gives him an out. Like, hey, why don't you just 
He right. sends Moses to him and he says, um, let my people go. You know, I follow yeah. the God of Israel. And he's like, yeah, right. And so then God has to go through the entire um, list of plagues right. to kind of do battle, you know, with sure. that sort of mindset. Just, just show that he yeah. is, in fact, in yeah. control. And so it's it's like people challenge God, whether it's a person or whether it's a spiritual being like we've been talking about. Absolutely. Like God's going to prove his point in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, Bob, uh, continuing on through the through the Bible here. I didn't mean yeah. to hold everybody up. No, 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 you're good, man. You're good. No, I, I, I enjoy those, those thoughts. <laughs> so, so the next one, we're not going to go through the whole passage here, uh, but it, it does come from Matthew 4. This is, this is where Jesus goes out into the wilderness. Yeah. Okay. And it is also echoed by, I think, Mark and uh, Luke, but John uh, somewhat absent on this story. Yeah, so, so, so we know this story quite well where Jesus goes in the wilderness and Satan tries to tempt him. And what and one of the main reasons why I bring this up, not only is this, this one of the very few instances in the New Testament of Satan himself appearing right. and engaging with our world in a very, very interesting, very explicit kind of way, but more specifically, he uses scripture. Satan knows the word and he uses it, he quotes yeah. it. It's it's so funny too because like he uses that Psalm uh, 91, mm-hmm. which, you know, talks about like oh no no affliction or plague will touch you you know and it says um he will he will he uh, will uh send his angels concerning you mm -hmm. um so that you will not strike your heel against the stone that's in a psalm right there that's it but jesus knows better he's like no don't put the lord your god to the test so so, you know so another thing about this i don't want to make the whole episode about this theory i have but another reason i think that there's something weird or fishy going on with the way Satan's relationship is to God, at least right now, even when he's tempting Jesus is it seems as though, Hmm, this is going to, I don't want this to come out blasphemous, but I want to say that it seems like if Satan was on God's team, which we know he can't be because later he gets punished. Mm -hmm. But if he was on God's team, it would be like Satan's personal job to make sure that everybody that was a follower of God was like above board, hmm. like a above reproach checker, like an accuser, an accuser. <laughs> exactly. Well, he definitely fits that the, the role of the accuser quite well. Right. There's and, no doubt about that. And, and whether, I mean, and, and we've already said that God allows him to do these things now, whether or not that's part of God, uh, like Satan's MO to like tear down God and God just knows he's about that and is going to use that is whether or not that's a thing is whatever. But, I think it's very interesting that even at this point, Jesus, we already know he could have been like, all right, Satan, get out of here. Just like throw yeah. him. Yeah. But instead they have a conversation when Jesus is like at his weakest point, like in the desert. And but, so I always just wonder, like, I'm like, how is this even allowed to happen except for the lesson and the mm -hmm. glory and, that and, is given? And once again, everything in its own time, you talked last week about how, about how when the demons, uh, were called, no, no, it was Zach. Zach, you mentioned that, that in Mark, that anytime when, when the demons point out that you are the son yeah. of God, you're the Messiah, yeah. he silences them because it wasn't their time yet. It That's wasn't right. time. That's he right. says this to his, to his mother, you know, at, at the, at his first, his first miracle was turning water to wine. And, and so they're out of, they're out of wine. And his she mom was ready for him to yeah. just like be spectacular. Yes. And, and his yeah. response is woman. Well, this, this is not my time yet. Like this, he, calls this is my her, time. he calls her woman too. Yeah. So. Well, well, yeah. T today, 
that'll, that'll get you very, some serious issues. Very cultural. That, yeah, so, uh, but yeah. But yeah. It, so, but the, the point the point is is that everything has its time, and you right. understood right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 so, and so that might be one of the reasons why he is allowed to continue on. So, but but moving on here, what we uh, one thing I do find interesting is in Luke ten. This one seems a bit more ambiguous. But in verse 17, this is where Jesus sends out the 72 to go out and do ministry in groups of two. And when they come back, it says in Luke 10, verse 17, it says, The 70 return with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. So once again, we talked about the casting out of demons last time. And he said to them, uh, uh, this is Jesus saying this. He he said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits uh, submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Yeah, I and, think I think we should keep this, I saw him fall fly, like fly, lightning. Fly, yes. Just keep that in the back of your minds as we talk about the Revelation 12 thing. <laughs> yes, yes, because we'll, we'll begin that yeah. here in just a moment. I find this to be interesting uh, because it, it's, it, it, I, I question, is this a literal or is this yeah. a, 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 like he literally saw Satan fall or is this figurative I, as in I saw Satan losing his power over this world because of what you guys are doing in my name? Yeah, that's interesting. So but I, I, I don't know. It's it's, yeah. it's not 100 percent clear, but it's interesting. Nonetheless, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I guess I guess my theory and we'll, we can discuss this further kind of when we get into Revelation um, here in a little bit, but um, I guess my my amendment to Colin's theory is I think that you're on to something in that the character of Satan had a very different job kind of in the Old Testament. Yeah. And in the New Testament, after Jesus is on the scene on Earth, right. it seems like now Satan is on Earth and he's kind of on the outs. So it's... Could be. So it's almost that the change that happened with Satan in his position has something to do with Christ being incarnate. I think you're right. As a person, as a man. I think, I think part of that too, if we can infer about the, um, the old covenant and the new covenant, which we haven't really, we've done an episode on whether or not to observe old tradition in the past, Mm -hmm. but the idea that old covenants may be, sort of changed after Jesus. I almost wonder if old rules about how roles were changed significantly. Who's on the divine council. Right. Who's been, who's gotten the boot. But, (laughs) but I mean, Jesus, Jesus literally changed every aspect of the world after that. Absolutely. So like the way everything works with God, the way everything works with, uh, 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 goodness. Uh, but, um, but see, like, again, I've, I'm so stumped by some of the th- aspects of Satan. Like, yeah, I know, I, I know not to take Satan lightly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I'm so stumped in this idea that he would like physically be able to visit Jesus or if it was just a spiritual, uh, uh, spiritual beingness, he floats up to him or something. We don't really know for we, sure. We, yeah. We have no idea in that sense, but we do know this. It wasn't it that the angels help him shortly after this, uh, after being tempted in, in, the, in the desert. And he's like super uh, tired and stuff, and they like aid him. 
yes, right after yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, after that encounter in the in the desert, so or in the wilderness, I should say. Again, it's another like weird thing that God is like, all right, Jesus survived Satan, angels go in and help him. But like, let's all that take place. Like, yeah. clearly there were angels ready to go to well, like help him. Now, now, now it's that, just like that aspect <laughs> was to ensure that a, I mean, when you go up against Satan and and the temptations that Satan himself right. brings about, right? You cannot say that God in the flesh, Jesus, has not been tempted the same way that we are tempted. Yes, I, it could easily be said that he was tempted much more than we are ever more tempted. So. Most of us will never. Mm. If any of us will ever encounter Satan's temptations themselves, right? You know, and and, yeah. and so it just, it, it, I keep, I keep going like, it, it well, was, then it was how to did all this that he, that he was in fact it, um, put forth to all the issues that it takes to be a man, so that when he dies as that perfect sacrifice, he can say that I in fact truly lived a sinless life, not because of I was in isolation, but because I truly am this God right. in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at, and I agree with all of that, obviously. Yeah. But uh, what I'm getting at is that there were all of the elements in place mm-hmm. for a Jesus to cast Satan away, mm. God to step in and do something, angels to come in and do something, because we've already we can infer what it says in Daniel when we get there about Michael fighting with uh, whoever, you know, or later when we talk about how. Uh, he gets smacked down this dragon and yep. his people yep. get smacked down. So, I mean, at what point did God say it's time to like have a, like a <laughs> spiritual battle with Satan yeah. versus using Satan? Cause it seems as though in all of the situations so far, God is using Satan, using Satan well, for his glory, whether, whether Satan's on the staff or whether he's on the outs and an enemy like, yeah. completely. Right. God is still, using Satan for right. his purposes. Right, because yeah. you got to assume so God is in yeah. control. Well, you got to yeah. assume whatever the demons know, Satan's got to know, right? I mean, absolutely. So, no doubt about if, that. If Jesus walks up to a demon and they've possessed somebody in that in that Matthew scripture, Matthew 8, and they're already like, "Please don't like torture us before our time." Yeah. Why was Satan not scared of that? Is my question. <laughs> like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Why didn't yeah. Satan go like, "Oh crap, I just ran into Jesus in the desert. I'm done, ski." But instead, yeah. it's almost like he came with a mission, and then afterwards, the angels were there to help. And it was like God obviously noticed because there was angels there. Yeah. It's just I'm oh, just yeah. like, dude, this is confusing. How it all works, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, continue, Bob. Yeah. Sorry, you're good. I'm you're derailing, good. but no, this no, is no, my no, weird theory about no, it. No, but those are important questions to ask. Yeah. I, and so I don't know the questions we're going to have answers to exactly, but they're important questions to ask nonetheless. God, what? I mean, it wants to, which goes back to so many of the questions. It boils down to simply, God, why? Why did you allow this? Why do you allow that? And in the end, we just say we are going to obey and hope. Right. Yeah, and, and, that's, and, and, and that's the mindset of the the last few chapters of Job. Yeah. Right. When Job finally talks to God. Yes, and, and God's, God's like, like, where were you in the beginning when yeah. I created when I created these things? It's like you, it's like you don't have the right yeah. to, 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 to question my authority on these matters. I think it's okay to ask questions. I don't think it's okay to question God. You, you know what I mean? That, that, that difference Who do there? you think you are, God? Thing. God's yeah. like, wait, what did you just say? God's big <laughs> enough for our questions, but he's too big for us to, to question. I like the word struggle. I've yeah. always liked that word, even when I was a, a smaller a smaller Christian. Uh, I was a low-level Christian. <laughs> I used to be like, oh, well, I'm just struggling with this thing. Yeah. 
So I'm struggling with the uh, the aspect of Satan and his role right now. And I, I think that's going. healthy. I yeah. think that's very healthy. All right, Bob. So we've so, we've talked about Luke, Matthew, and John. Yep. Now we're going to move forward to what Paul has to say. Paul has one one major reference to to Satan, and that's in that's in Second Corinthians uh, chapter eleven. Um, and so um, he's talking here about false about false prophets, um, mm. false apostles, more specifically. And in verse 13, he says, for, for such boasters are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it's not strange if, the, if, if his ministers also disguise themselves as ministers of righteousness. Their end will match their deeds. There and so this is important, not, not only from just a Satan perspective, this idea that Satan is an angel of light, but a reminder that just because someone looks good doesn't mean that they are in fact preaching the word of God. So um, this this isn't necessarily a show you would probably suggest to a Christian to watch. So maybe I'm doing a disservice by suggesting it. But even though it's very explicit and gory and things, it's animated. It's from the 80s, but then they did a revamp recently on Netflix. It's called Devil Man. And so they make the story that this guy, this normal guy meets up with an old friend who's this guy who has like basically like all white hair. He's like kind of like one of those really white blonde. And he's like, oh, this is my old friend. And the the old friend gets like him involved in a lot of this like demonology stuff. And I will save the rest of the story, whatever it's, it's whatever. But at the end, you find out that this friend of his who is all white, with the white hair and he wears the white shirt and all of that stuff mm-hmm. is actually very much closer to the devil than the main character who calls himself devil man. And, huh. and they flip the table in that they, that this guy, the bad guy deceives everyone into believing that everyone else in the world is a demon. <laughs> it's very allegorical. And I remember like, like rewatching it and picking it apart and be like, Oh, it's like a theology that he deceives the world into like killing each other. Basically like he turns everyone, in, turns everyone against each other with deception. And at the sure. end, the devil man guy fights him and loses. And at the end, the evil guy sits back and goes like, huh? guess everybody's dead now. Why am I not like happy with this result? Oh, well. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a really weird, like, ambient like ending and i remember thinking to myself like i again this is kind of like goes back to my theory craft about satan it's like it's almost as if like satan himself may not even know why he wants to rebel (laughs) i'm not even sure if he does after all the scriptures i've read i'm not even sure besides pride i'm not really sure why he would want to do any of the stuff that he does sure like do you you know what i'm trying to say Yeah. yeah like if you know who god is then why would you want to like do all that? If you know you're going to get punished, I just don't get it. I don't know. I'm always yeah. confused by that. It, it, it is strange. There's no doubt about that. Devil man may not want to watch it if you're a Christian, <laughs> but if you are absolutely interested and feel like that doesn't bother you to see like weird stuff in anime and gore and in gore, the uh, story itself is very interesting and, and lines up kind of very closely with certain scripture. Interesting. So. Well, the the next place we're gonna I'm gonna take us is is to is to it's, uh, the meaty section there of Revelation chapter twelve. We, we we've been here before, and we're coming back again, and for for relatively obvious reasons. 
And so in Revelations 12, it talks about, uh, we talked previously about how the woman here being portrayed is, is, is an uh, allegorical view of, uh, of Israel the, mm. with the 12 stars representing the 12 tribes right. and yeah. how Jesus comes, is, is, is born of, of Israel. And, it, and, and so it says, um, in verse 4, it says, His tail swept down a third of the stars from heaven and threw them to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman who was about to bear a child so that he might devour the child as soon as it was born. And she gave birth to the son, a male child, who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But a child was snatched up and taken away to, to God and to his throne. And so, so we see this idea of the devil, uh, or this, uh, this dragon that we'll later realize is the devil in, in, the, in the following verses here. Um, and so this idea that he swept a third of the stars, we talked about last time, maybe that's a reference to the angels. Uh, Zach, you mentioned that this is often a reference to stars are used as, as kind of um, spiritual and they often, yeah, beings. they often thought of um, they often thought of stars as spiritual beings or gods. Um, yeah, even I think there's somewhere that Paul even talks about like um, you know don't worship like heavenly bodies mm-hmm. but worship God only. Um, so he's talking about like people worshiping stars. Yeah. Hey man. Uh, doxology. I keep coming back to it in this whole series. Praise God for whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Yeah. So <laughs> never praise nice. the things below God. Yeah. The heavenly yeah. hosts especially. Yeah. And so this this passage continues on in starting in verse 7. It says, A war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but they were defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. When did that happen? Well, <laughs> we don't know. We, we, we have no idea. So that's the question. So one, one thought might be, um, like I think I mentioned this last week, but there's the gap theory mm-hmm. where... This is primordial history, like happened before any humans were around at all. I think based on Job, I I tend to not agree with that. Right. So then there's maybe the Genesis 6 theory that all of this happened when the angels came down and rebelled against God. Mm -hmm. Sure, that makes sense. Or you can go with um, where Jesus says, um, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And what's happening then? You can think about how maybe it has something to do with the coming of the Messiah. Was that because it does talk about um, the the woman was about to give birth and Satan stood there like as if he was going to devour the child, right? And I was thinking yeah. as Bob was reading that, I was thinking about Herod mm-hmm. and how King Herod wanted to kill all the firstborn children. Now, I will admit, yeah. I did skip verse six here, where it says, "And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she has been placed, where she has a place prepared by God." So yeah. she can be nourished for 1,260 days. Yeah. And so we don't really know what that really means specifically, but yeah. often I've often viewed the idea of the woman going into the wilderness is how the Jews were then, with the fall of Jerusalem, kind of dispersed throughout yes. the land. Yeah, yeah, that's and, true. And and so so this happens, and then it says, and a war broke out in heaven. Not necessarily and then, but and a war broke out. So this is also happening it, so it's hard to say. I, I I personally tend to view this as being post Messiah. Yeah, I don't I I don't know if maybe there's a gap right there between the wilderness and the war that is 
even potentially even yet to come, maybe, that this war is maybe yet to come. Maybe it happened uh, when, when Jesus came to Earth because the plan at that point was sort of revealed, mm. at least somewhat, you know, the plan to have Jesus incarnate and mm-hmm. um, walk on on Earth as, as a man. Like, I could see that stirring up things in the heavens, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. there's actually another verse from revelation I want to read. I don't, I don't know if you have it in your notes, but, um, uh, this is for when, uh, when, uh, Satan ultimately gets cast into hell. Okay. So if you want to go ahead and read the rest, I'll save this one for, for the end. Okay. Because it looks like you, you kind of go back through revelation 12. Yeah. J- just a little bit. I, I did find it interesting here that this passage refers to the dragon. We, we, we haven't yeah. talked about, and that's kind of intentional. We've been waiting for this episode. Yeah. And so oftentimes when we think of a dragon, we often think of our more medieval idea of a dragon, but this is not what they would have. Yeah. Yes. The, the fire breathing with wings, you know, and the claws, but that's not how the Greeks would have viewed this at all. Or this culture, they would have viewed this more as like a large serpent, kind of what you would find in like, 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 like something Homer would write or other Greek mythologies. This very large sea monster, ser- sea monster type of thing. This Loch Ness very, monster. This, yeah, this monster, this large yeah. monstrosity. Yeah. And so, well, that makes sense too because water was like chaos to mm-hmm. them. You know, it was kind of hell in a way. So Absolutely. it would be maybe a sea creature. So, but I also noticed that specifically with this idea of a serpent was this possibly a reference to the serpent in the Garden of Eden? Yeah. Uh, and, and which brings up the question, was the gar- was that serpent actually Satan? Right, yeah, we actually don't really know. Because we don't. He, he, the, the serpent is not called the Satan. Yes. It's, or, or ha, the, it's not ha, um, ha Satan. Satan. It's Ha-Nakash, the snake or the serpent. Interesting, okay. Ha, Ha-Nakash. Is it possible that at the time that was written that the that the ideology of a of of the adversary, the Satan, that the, the Satan maybe had not been developed? Wasn't yet? really known to us yet. Yeah, that was that possibly. was possibly a, a precursor to that um to that ideology. Possibly. I possibly. mean we do see things like that develop over time in scripture. Um but also I, it's hard to say how far back the idea of the adversary goes because we don't we're not sure when Job was written. It's sure. actually some people say it's one of the older books yes. of the Bible. Exactly, exactly. So it could be that that was on the scene very early, but again, so, so that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, um, what do they call this? The um, the millennium uh, stuff. Oh, I, the millennial theories. Well, yeah. I, I don't pre-millennial, post-millennial. I don't know enough about all of that, but I do know that in Revelation 20, it, d- it describes what happens to Satan. Yeah. And what's interesting is again, timeline wise, it's hard for me to understand when this occurs, but it says, you know, and uh, starting in uh, Revelation 20 verse one and going all the way through to seven and, and so on. It says, and I saw an angel coming down out of the, out of heaven, having the key to the abyss. Mm-hmm. So remember that idea that I told you about a place where they would lock up all the demons and Satan until the time of judgment. And there's like um, an alien spaceship down there and it's making water do like weird CGI <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that's right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I actually oh really like that movie a lot. <laughs> I'm a huge like the fanboy of the abyss. James Cameron. Man. Um, so he has a key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. So we heard about that, about the chains he would lock him up in. 
He seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations any more until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. Again, mm-hmm. it makes me really wonder how much Satan is working for God, not against God, but only well, because God definitely has the control. Yes, he does, but, 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 he, but he's also punished. So if he's working right. for God, it is definitely not the way that God intends for him to work. Right. And so it's, it's more like God using what, uh, you know, you, you know, a beauty from ashes type of mentality. Yeah. I get like, I, I just go back to what, um, what Joseph says in Genesis is like what you, um, had intended for evil. evil. God intended for, for good. good. Yeah. And so, right. And so, um, this a thousand years that goes on while Satan is in the abyss. Mm-hmm. All, uh, also, That's the millennium that people right. kind of debate about. Exactly. And yeah. so right after that and, and right in between this, this first one, two and three, uh, is the stuff about how the people who were uh, saints, basically people who had been beheaded or who had been killed for their testimony and stuff. But then in verse seven, it says, when the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go Mm -hmm. out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Mm -hmm. In number, they are like the sand on the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And what I think is interesting is just, I, again, I don't know, I don't know his motivations, but the fact that Jesus is like being thrown, he gets thrown into this prison. Then he comes out and he's like, all right, now God's going to let me go and deceive everybody. Let's just go and get all of them. And then God's like, well, now that you've deceived everybody, die <laughs> like i just like I, i'm just like what like what are your intentions for satan and so i feel like a lot of like again i have to say a lot of people see him as this like opposing force to god yep yep the adversary but, ev- but at every turn of the bible now it seems like i see god is like using satan as some kind of tool to like sort of weed out who is uh easily deceived and not but but i don't think the devil is complicit in that yeah like you're saying that satan is allowed to do it but that satan is basically like oh boy now i have another chance thanks god but then like god's like oh you fool (laughs) like yeah yeah exactly it's like you've got no chance yeah Yeah, that that's what you got i think that god's playing the game on a higher plane he's already three or four moves 4d chess Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no i think i think that um i've what it seems like to me is I agree with what you're saying that, that God is, is using the devil. There's no contest. Um, I think that the, I think that the Satan, whatever his angle is, I think that he knows that the one thing he can try to get God with is to try and do something contrary to deceive the believers and not believing in God, believing in God. So you lose more people for the kingdom. But ultimately, he is going to go down, and he knows that eventually the jig is up. Yeah. 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 
so 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 we've talked about these are a lot of the attributes we have of him uh, of say we we understand the in game we know where things are going uh, we kind of get got a better idea of who he is and kind of what he's about um, and we got we even alluded to the fact that in for, uh, um, when Jesus would be tempted in the wilderness that one of Satan's end goals was for him for was for uh, was for Jesus to worship him therefore God in the flesh to worship him, God worshiping Satan and proving that he right. is above all things, uh, which obviously Jesus did not do. Um, and so, so, so we have too smart for you. So, so, so we have a lot of these attributes. This is the angel of, uh, the angel of light, um, the father of all lies, et cetera, et cetera. But there are some other attributes here that are much more questionable. Um, one of which is the old, uh, is the old name for Satan, Lucifer. Uh, this one I, I, I take issue with quite a bit just because of how prevalent it is in our society. And this takes us down to Isaiah 14. Um, and what most of you are going to recognize as I'm reading this passage is the name's not going to come up. But it will come up in at one point uh, throughout this passage. And so I want you to first take note of this opening part. When the Lord has given you rest from your pains, he's speaking to, uh, to Isaiah here. And the hard service which uh, you are made to serve. You will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. Okay, so this is addressed to the king of Babylon. Okay, um, actually, I take that back. I'm going to switch over real quick to the King James Version for this part. Ah, King James. Yes. So, king James. So, uh, thou shalt take this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, how, that, how hath the oppressor ceased, the golden city ceased, the Lord hath broken the staff of the wicked and the serpent of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke, that he, uh, he that ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and none hindered. The whole world is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Yea, the, the fir trees rejoice at thee and the cedars of Lebanon saying, since thou art laid down, no feller is come up against us. Hell from beneath is moved for, for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for, uh, for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up the thrones of all the kings and the nations. And they speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave in the noise of thy voils. The worms is spread under thee. And the worm cease over over thee. So, so. yeah, I'm going to be jumping down just a bit here, um, and so we're going to continue on. Um, and verse twelve is really where it comes down to. Yes, the, yeah, the very next verse. It says, "How art thou, thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which this uh, which this weaken the nations?" The reason why I read the King James Version was for this verse here in verse 12. Because it is verse 12 in the King James Version alone that the term Lucifer is used. It's not yeah. used in yeah. any other verse, in any other translation, and ever throughout all of Scripture. It is used in this one alone. Right. And so I find this to be interesting. This is the verse by which we often get this idea that Lucifer is a name for Satan. But you may have noticed some of the language that was used there. Uh, once again, this was written for the king of Babylon. Um, he's described very much as a man having a grave. Um, as we read on, you'll notice that he has a tomb even 
Um, and he has subjects and has killed his people. Um, in verse 21, it mentions him having children. The point is, these are not attributes of a spiritual being, for the most part, that we are ever really familiar with right. outside the Nephilim themselves. You know, um, we, we, we really don't see this type of language ever being used for Satan. And so I am not convinced at all that Lucifer is a name for Satan, but but instead Isaiah is using a term for what would be a Babylonian deity that he would relate to that was often may have been referred to as Lucifer by their culture. Interesting. More as an insult than anything else. He's, he's comparing him to this to this other Babylonian deity, the evil deity or this negative figure within the Babylonian culture. See, and that's another yeah. thing I wanted to maybe uh, mention or touch on just a little bit uh, since we're on the subject of Satan. Um, in that Revelation scripture in Revelation 20, he, it, it lists two other people that get thrown into the lake of fire. It mentions the false prophet but and the beast, beast. Which, which actually come up out of uh, the end of chapter 12. We, we, it was the first time we see those enter the scene of Revelation. Yeah. Right. And so what are the, uh, some people refer to that as like the evil trinity. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, uh, yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that. Because technically the Antichrist might have been somewhat an aspect of Satan or something. But um, but anyway, long story short, uh, I think it's interesting because actually it's verse it's chapter thirteen, yeah. the very next chapter that we see yeah. the beast and the, and the false prophet enter the scene. So sorry about that. Yeah. No, no, it's it's fine. No, I was yeah, just saying continue. that I was just saying that um, there there might be some evidence to show that there are certain things in the Bible that are referred to, and people just assume they're Satan, the same Satan from. Yeah, Job, mm-hmm. and from the desert. again, we've already kind of seen that the in the Old Testament, it's not necessarily a clearly defined like person, like accuser. Could anybody be. could be the accuser? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, I mean, so so I'm just I I'm willing to to put my trust in what the scripture says in the American language about Satan, Lucifer. Uh, oh, sorry, the devil and things like that. But like you had mentioned, Lucifer is mentioned the one time and. It's in one translation. And it's I think, sort of yeah, not necessarily. I, I think that all, all the translations use the term, yeah. not O Lucifer, but uh, um, uh, but O, o, Mor- o Morning Star. Star. Yeah. Yes, the Morning Star. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like it's it's using imagery from an old story. Yeah. Um, an old mythological kind of story. That the king would understand. Yeah, right. So I think um, it's just interesting because I think that we can get some hints about how there were fallen sons of God, like we've been talking about. Sure. But what the traditional Christian leap that gets made is that, oh, well, that means that he was an angel named Lucifer, and then he became a demon named Satan after he got kicked out of it. <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of a stretch. But yeah. you have to you have to go, you have to add in, like, um, like Paradise Lost and stuff to, like, kind of get all the way there. Right, so. right. And we also see that same type of ideology um, creeping in in uh, w- with the idea within Ezekiel twenty eight. Yes, yeah. So Ezekiel twenty eight and Isaiah fourteen are kind of related if you think about it. Yes, yeah. And so, so like Isaiah, Ezekiel was given uh, a, a message from the Lord to give to the king of Tyre, and Tyre was kind of basically like Babylon, kind of a city state, so to speak, kind of the standalone uh, city state. Yeah, um, but if you become the suzerain of that city state, then you know you get all kinds of bonuses and stuff. <laughs> and so, um, in, in, in this passage, starting in verse eleven, um, he, he mentions quite a bit of things. Um, 
right here it says it starts says thus says the Lord it says it's uh, uh, it says uh, verse twelve it says mortal raise a lamentation over the king of Tyree and say to him thus says the Lord uh, Lord God you were the signet of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty you were in Eden the garden of God every mm. precious stone was your covering uh, carnelian uh, chrysolite and moonstone beryl Onyx and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald, and worked in gold were your settings and your engravings. On that day you were created, you were prepared. With the anointed cherub um, as a guardian, I place you. You are on your, the holy mountain of God. You mocked among the stones of fire. So we have this very beautiful imagery, and even this uh, going back to Eden, and this, and so this imagery of perfection, even in wisdom. And so you can kind of see this more spiritual aspect being described yeah. here. And it says, uh, you are blameless in your ways from the, um, uh, um, from the day that you were created until the uh, iniquity was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God in the garden, and the guardian cherub drove you out from amongst the, the stones of fire. So now we have this idea of in the abundance of your trade, you are filled with violence. Is Michael the guardian cherub? I wonder if that's true. We're, we're not sure. Well, but, there's well, a cherub mentioned because it's connecting to Eden. Yes. So when right. you look at Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve are cast out of Eden, um, there is a cherub placed so there. So is this a literal connection to Eden, or is this more of an allegorical connection that he's trying to use yeah, right. to get the message across? Not sure. What I find interesting is that if this was a reference to Satan— you know, being wisdom, wise and blameless and things like that. And your abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. Well, I don't ever remember hearing about the devil getting into a trade unless Georgia is involved in a golden fiddle. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that, that's the only reference to trade I ever have when it comes to Satan. Other than that, we, from a biblical perspective, we don't have any reference at all yeah. to this. You know, so it, so it, it's it's hard to, to say, and so then we keep going on around down here. Um, we we had this bouncing back and forth between this the, these stones, which aren't really ever mentioned in in, in Israel, but is very relevant to Tyre yeah. as, as a city to Tyre. Yeah, uh, this city was was known for its gems, for its jewelry. Yeah. And then we have this Eden image, and then we have this trade, and this Eden and violence, and this back and forth imagery here. I don't see how this can actually relate to Satan. I think that it's it's not a direct reference to the Satan, but I think that it's using the Eden story again as part of the SmackDown, kind of like how the mythology story is used of Lucifer or the Morning mm -hmm. Star in um, in Isaiah. Yeah, I think Ezekiel is calling out the King of Tear. Oh, yes. but he's comparing him to what happened in Eden. So I think that it can give you clues about what you what you saw in yeah. Eden. It talks about how Eden was this perfect place. Absolutely. And um, about how the people that were in Eden were um, in such a high position, so close to God. But then because of their rebellion, Adam and Eve, and I guess presumably the serpent, we don't mm -hmm. really know exactly what happened other than he lost his legs because he had legs. It would say, yeah, snake with legs. Um, then you see a, a cherub there, which it actually mentions back in Genesis. Absolutely does. God put a cherubim there with a flaming sword to guard the entrance of Eden. So you're blocked from being back in God's good graces there. So basically yeah. this is a, 
a um, ancient biblical reference calling out a king for falling from grace. Yes. And I think that the jewels and stuff, um, I was, I read about this in uh, Unseen Realm, and I think that the jewels, according to Michael Heiser, um, do kind of hint that there's like godly, like divinity aspects mm, okay. kind of, kind of being um, put on this king. But again, like this is Babylon and, and tears kind of part of that, that ancient near East. So, you know, the Kings are seen as trying to be gods themselves. Absolutely. So you think yeah. you're in splendor, you know, but you yeah. are uh, just like those who got cast out of Eden. You fell yeah. from God's grace. Yes. The, the, this passage ends with by the multitude of your iniquities and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your, your, your sanctuaries. Yeah. So I brought out fire from uh, from within you. It consumed you, and I, and I turned you to ash on the earth. In the sight of all who saw you, all who uh, all who know you among the people are appalled at you. You have come to a dreadful end, and shall be no more forever. And so once again, the, the, we have this once again this parallel, almost to the end of what Colin was talking about previously. This 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 parallel, this fiery end forever. This this idea of destruction That's coming right. along them. So we still definitely do have this parallel, yeah. but I I feel like many people who try to say this is a description of Satan himself is putting the cart before the horse. It's like, well, why, why, why does this mention Satan? Well, it mentions the beauty at the start there, imperfection, wisdom, and, and perfect and beauty, and that was a description of Satan. Well, where does it say that the description or this is a description of Satan? Well, it says yeah. it right here. It's like, but. Right, you, you, but you, more you, you generally, can't use this to to make that connection. Yeah. It's circular an argument. Yeah, and, more generally though, that could be telling us something about a um, a member of the sons of God. They okay. definitely had that kind of high estate um, mm-hmm. and that wisdom, you know, that God bestowed them with. You know, so I'm I think you. that this I'm definitely could have clues, but it's not literally talking about the Satan. Yeah. Yeah. And so th- there's definitely a lot of metaphor here than what I yeah. think a lot of people want to give the passage credit for. Yep. So um, as we finish up, I know the last one is going to be about the serpent in Genesis. And I want to just finish out my theory and say, if that is Satan, then he's been doing the exact same job, which is to try and like test people since the beginning of if time. If it looks yeah. like a snake. And it walks like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, we had legs. That's right. Now, yeah. one, one aspect of this is that there is an apocryphal book um, that is recognized by the Catholic Church, among others. Oh, yeah. Um, called the Book of Wisdom. And in this... In, 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 Sounds wise. <laughs> and so, so this was actually <laughs> written by, uh, by some rabbis um, about 30 years-ish before Christ. Paul himself references this book multiple times. Throughout throughout his letters uh, to to the to the churches, um, and in chapter two of the book of wisdom, it says, "But but through the devil's envy, death entered the world." Basically, pointing out that the devil was literally making that connection to the fall of the devil and the serpent. But other than that, we have uh, but in more the Protestant canon. We don't have any other texts that really directly make that connection. And so kind of like the book of Enoch is not necessarily part of our canon, but Jesus himself references it once or twice. And so although these are not necessarily viewed as canon by us, we also recognize that these are at very least cultural books that can shed some light yeah. into, into what the people believe. That's right. 
And it makes sense that this one isn't canon. This was written during the time of silence. And so therefore it was not necessarily yeah. God breathed, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't hold wisdom by the, the religious leaders of that day. So let's right. recap as we finish up here. Absolutely. So we know that Satan is subservient to God, uh huh, as opposed to popular uh, movie theory that he is opposing. Uh, so it, same same style of coaching, just different squad. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, obviously, there are times when Satan would appear to oppose God, but I almost wonder if God is just allowing him to oppose him. Which that's more what I think. Allowing yeah. Satan to oppose him, and Satan so thinks mm-hmm. he's maybe doing something, but yeah, I almost, I, I, I mean that that in itself is confusing because I'm like, obviously Satan knows what's going on, what's going to happen, yeah. but anyway, so, but you're right though, that's basically what the scripture lines out, and so we know that about him, we know that he is spiritual in Absolutely. nature, but that he also may have a physical body if he has been able to converse with Jesus. But then we don't really know that. Kind of like the angels in Genesis yeah. that come and visit Abraham and stuff. Not, not really yeah. sure. I mean, maybe there is an aspect to all of these creatures that results in the fact that they might be able to take on a physical body if they so choose to, but we don't know that. Right. There's right. not enough evidence. But this other aspect is deception. Absolutely. It's a huge but, part of it. But not just, I mean, because he can't deceive God the Father. But he does Although attempt. He tries. He tries. He does attempt to deceive Jesus in the desert. Absolutely. He tries to deceive many, many, many God fearing and God loving people. Uh, he tries to appear as an angel. So in all of his ways, he tries to deceive people into believing things that aren't really true. And we know he's the father of lies. So we know a lot about his motives. We just don't, I'm sorry. We know a lot about his nature. We just don't know maybe a lot about his motives is what I mean. Why are you, are you the father of lies? Why have you chosen this course for yourself? Why are you? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) As, as they say in the office, which Zach doesn't care for. How dare you? What, what gives you the right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, (laughs) at least you know that one. Uh, When he asked Toby, Toby, he says to Toby, what gives you the right? He says, Toby, we're going to be having the casino night down in the warehouse. Uh, It's going to be great. And then Toby's like, Oh, um, he said, yeah, we're going to have our uh, Toby. Are the kids ready? In a way, to- Toby is a satanic. Yeah. Character. And he says, Toby, uh, Toby, you got the kids ready? And he goes, well, I, I told the kids not to come because, you know, it's a school night. Um, you got fire breathers down in our dangerous warehouse. <laughs> uh, the Ho- Hooters is catering. Um, there's gambling and that's illegal. And uh, should I, should I keep going? And Michael's reply is, why are you the way that you are? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, Hate all the ways you choose to be. <laughs> to oh my goodness. <laughs> Which we could definitely say about Satan. <laughs> Why oh are you the goodness. way that you are? I hate all the ways you choose to be. And so um, <laughs> for everybody who's an office uh, fan out there, you'll get that reference. But basically we know that that is his goal is to deceive, but we just may not necessarily know his motivation behind it. But then also another aspect is that he is thwartable. People assume mm-hmm. he is. I like that word. Unthwartable, but he is thwartable. He is thwartable because Michael does it, uh, Jesus does it, God. So several times he is locked up or punished or locked away or thrown into the fire. And now, so it is unclear whether or not we necessarily have that much authority 
to take on Satan. Himself. Oh, I didn't. Mm. I didn't imply myself. No, no, I meant no, that no, he was. A, you know. no, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and you, and you didn't say that, but I want to make it clear that, um, as you point out earlier, Colin, that Satan is not one to be trifled with necessarily. Right. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not about ready to take on. You're not gonna, the father of lies. Himself. You're not going to pull out your pistol and your cowboy hat and, and the name of Jesus <laughs> in the saloon. I've got my testimony and I've got the blood and that's all I need to take and you down Satan what I what I think would be a good way to sum up that argument we would make about us taking on Satan it would be like presuming that somehow we are perfect because even Satan makes a really good run at Jesus like absolutely I would say it's a very effective way to try and get him to stumble somehow we are not Jesus, but not by a long shot. We might be tricked by that, um, as evidenced by the multiple like needlepoint projects yeah. that have the scripture um, "kneel before me" and and the world will be yours. Yeah, and people like sew that into pillows and stuff, but it's actually a quote from, from Satan. Satan from that episode where he tempts Jesus. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so and so, what's interesting is that we. So I think that, like I said, I don't think he is undefeatable or un- unthwartable. But so so that's another aspect of him, and I do believe. That he only has he he really only has uh, ability based on what God allows him to do. Mm-hmm. So if that's all we know about Satan, we know that at least that he is more powerful than other demons. I know that for for absolutely darn, for darn sure. And he is probably one of the most powerful angels, but not the most powerful because Michael beats him. Mm-hmm. If we believe that that is an actual event and not just allegorical storytelling. Absolutely. Uh, so those are some things I know about Satan beyond that question marks. <laughs> so, so the scripture isn't completely clear about a lot of aspects we, 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 we've, we've determined, but of there, course. but there are many things here that we can know and can learn from. And, uh, and so, and what, but what, what do you guys think? Do do you agree with, with what we've come across here? Did we leave anything out? Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> and as always, check us out on Patreon and, uh, we will, uh, Look forward to hearing from you in the comments uh, or or looking for those ratings, those stars uh, that always help. And we will talk to you guys next time. Peace. Love you.